Hello everyone, I'm Samuel Lincoln. As an avid fan of Ghoul's community, I decided to use my narration skills to upscale our community. Hope you'll love my style. Growing up, my parents filled my childhood with stories from their homeland Jalisco, especially my father who would recount tales about his haunted childhood ranch. But it was a story from my maternal grandfather that sent shivers down my spine. You need to understand that my grandfather was quite the character in the 1920s and 30s. He was a renowned womanizer and had a reputation for being a bit too fond of his drink. One story he told involved a night filled with drinking and gambling. He was returning home, riding his horse under the cover of the midnight sky after a particularly indulgent evening. That's when he saw her a woman bathing in a nearby stream stark naked. The sight was alluring, to say the least. She had her back to him, and her long, dark hair cascaded down her back, covering her like a veil. Inebriated and emboldened, my grandfather approached her, reaching out to grab her hair. But as he did, she turned around, and what he saw sobered him up immediately. Instead of a woman's face, he was met with the terrifying sight of a dog's face, complete with glowing red eyes. The fear that gripped him was palpable, and without a second thought, he spurred his horse into a gallop, racing back home as fast as he could. He later told me that he had never been so scared in his life. Over the years, I've heard two other people recount eerily similar tales about their relatives encountering a mysterious, beautiful woman bathing alone at night. It was always the same the woman's back to them, her naked form seeming to lure them in, only to reveal a horrifying truth. It was only later that I discovered that these encounters were not unique. In fact, this creature had a name La Sihuanaba, a legend known to frighten many who heard her tale. Her story, like my grandfather's, serves as a chilling reminder of the mysteries and dangers that lurk in the shadows of the night. I grew up in an almost 100-year-old house and had gone back home after graduating college. One night, I woke up to a dark figure next to my bed. I wasn't even scared because I immediately thought it was either one of my parents or my little brother waking me up for some reason. It was dark, but it sort of looked like they were pointing toward my bedroom windows. But anyways, I was like, brother, no reply. Mom, no reply. At that point, I was creeped out, but thought someone may have slept walked into my room. A couple of my family members sometimes sleepwalk which has always scared me anyway, so I reached out my hand to nudge them awake. And that was when I realized there wasn't actually a human person there. It was so shocking and terrifying, I actually screamed really loud, stumbled out of bed, ran out of my room as fast as I could, woke my little brother up and told him. It was a feeling of terror I hadn't ever experienced before and haven't since. And because I spent a good chunk of time trying to figure out which family member it was and generally not even being freaked out, I was convinced that it wasn't just me still half dreaming or something. This was 11 years ago, and with time I've convinced myself it was some kind of hallucination, but whatever it was, I will absolutely never forget it. 
As backstory, my parents told us that when they bought the house in 1995, the previous owners told them straight up that there were angels-friendly ghosts was what they were suggesting who lived in the house, notably on the third floor two bedrooms. My sighting was on the second floor, but both of my siblings whose rooms were on the third floor had had multiple experiences, and even my dad, who is one of the most rational people I have ever met in my life, says he's 100% seen figures out of the corner of his eyes and heard weird shit. However, I have lived in the house since I was five, and up until this point I never had had any experience, so I just thought it was all bullshit until then. A couple days later, my uncle came into town for my graduation party and stayed in one of the now vacant bedrooms on the third floor, and maintains to this day that the bedroom door shut on its own and something was physically holding it shut so he couldn't get out. Crazy shit, man. A couple years later, I had two separate terrifying experiences while dog-sitting for a neighbor on our block, but I didn't actually see anything. Coincidentally, one of my friends from grade school had lived in that house a long time beforehand, and I remembered him having told stories when we were kids that his oldest sister had done some creepy ghost sighting s when she was really little. There was a specific story about his mom giving her a bath, and she wouldn't stop staring at the ceiling upward. His mom asked her what she was staring at, and she said, the lady. His mom grabbed her and straight up ran out of the house. Anyways, I remembered that family had lived there, but honestly hadn't even thought about the ghost stories when I started dog-sitting. The first experience I had been out of the house came back and their dog wasn't at the door. She started barking as soon as she heard me come in, and it was coming from upstairs. I went up and she was trapped in the master bathroom. It was one of those old-school bathrooms with two entrances, one from the hallway and one from the master bed, and both doors were closed. Obviously, I hadn't left her up there or anywhere near there. It was weird and super creepy. Maybe a night or two later, I woke up in the middle of the night to voices and was obviously absolutely terrified, like fully frozen for a while, until I realized it was a speaker went into the master bedroom, and there was just a speaker on playing shit. Even though I was supposed to sleep there and house sit the whole time they were out of town, I went home immediately after that and only came back during the day for the rest of the time they were out of town. I've spent tons of my life in the forests and scrublands of Washington including some very minimalistic backcountry long-distance hikes, and these are the only truly unnerving things that happened. The first was maybe 2010, hiking on the Colonel Bob Trail, and it was fairly empty because it was a rainy day, and the trail was partially washed out at the time. We only saw one other person the whole time, a man we first passed resting against a rock, carrying a rifle. My friend started chatting to him and asked if he was hunting, and he said no, he was actually out training for an upcoming hunting event. After this, we passed him repeatedly without ever seeing him pass us and without him saying a word to us. Often he was just crouched in the bushes off the trail, watching us go by. 
I get that he was just a very skilled stalker who could move quietly off the trail beside us, but even though I know this was just his hobby that had nothing to do with us, it sort of felt like we were the targets of the stalking and made me uneasy. The second I think it was twee 19 was weirder. We'd been camping for a few nights, just sleeping in the van in spots around the National Forest, having a great time. Moonlight, full sky of stars, owls and insects, the whole experience. We hadn't seen any other people in the forest itself, but it was very lively and safe feeling. On the third night, we were fairly deep in somewhere southeast of Quinault, and the atmosphere was completely different. There were a ton of fires going in Washington and Oregon, so the air had gotten really thick with smoke, then fog had rolled in off the Pacific, and the two together completely absorbed all noise and light. There was no wind at all, no rustling of trees, and not a glimmer of light. With the headlights of the van visibility was maybe two feet, but with them off it was space mountain levels of darkness like you could not see your own hand an inch from your face. I opened the van door to get out and piss before sleeping, but decided against it. The air was seriously just so thick, still, and dark that it made all my hairs stand on end. Plus, we'd parked on a road with steep switchbacks, so I was a little bit worried I'd walk off a cliff. Since neither of us were risking going outside, we went straight to bed. As we were drifting off, there was suddenly pounding on the middle side window, right above where I was lying, and on the side facing the trees rather than the road. It sounded like an angry person banging on it with the side of their fist. We both went dead silent and still. Then my friend roared, What? in a comically deep voice. No answer, but maybe ten seconds later we heard a slow tap, tap, scrape on the side of the van. My friend had lived in this van in Seattle for five years and had had plenty of people actually trying to break in and basically just shooed them away. But in that moment he said F this, and we got into our seats, got our seatbelts on, and left. Like maybe there was someone camped nearby, but they definitely weren't behind us, or to the right or left of us. And the worst part is that it was a gravel forestry access road, with gravel on both sides of the car, on the most oppressively silent night I've ever experienced, and we didn't hear a single footstep. I think the absence of footsteps is actually what gave both of us the sense of urgency, because it did not feel like this was a drunk grouse hunter trying to pull a prank. I used to night hike with friends during high school, and go off into wilderness around North Bend, Fall City, and Preston, sometimes in the rain at 2 a.m. I did one time have an encounter with something deer-looking and tall asp in the middle of the night at the top of the Issaquah Highlands, also ran into my first bear encounter there lol. Whatever it was, it was peering out of the bushes near the only street light on a road that goes into the wealthiest homes there. I was just taking a stroll admiring the architecture. It literally looked like a deer, I could only see its head and neck. It made no sound when I saw it come out. We made eye contact and I was about 15-20 feet away. Only thing was this thing was literally 7 feet tall. In the first 2 seconds I saw it, I was stunned and cautious. 
It then suddenly tilted its neck 90 degrees, and I ran so fast back to my car that shit freaked me out. But it happened so suddenly, I don't talk about it much. It's not a credible story for me. Other than that I had one ghost experience as a child. Shit is ingrained in my memory. I can never rule out the supernatural because of that experience. Guess I've had three poltergeist events too. But again, I don't find them compelling enough, just unexplainable. It was 1970 and my entire family was driving home from Arizona to Washington. My two brothers and older sister were asleep in the back seat of our scout. I was three sleeping on my mother's lap in the front seat. My dad always prefers the scenic route, so we were driving through the painted desert Arizona. It was about an hour or so before dawn. My dad says it caught his eye on the right side of the road, just out of nowhere. One minute there was no light, and the next it was there softly glowing. As they approached this light, they could see it was a man dressed in a bright, shiny metal suit. It reminded him of armor. He said he seemed to be almost seven feet tall. The figure stretched out its arm and motioned for them to come forward. He doesn't remember being afraid, just in awe. My mom confirms everything he said up to that point. They lost a couple of hours and don't remember driving out of there. My dad says he came to pump gas. It stayed with him all his life. He was a great artist and drew the scene hundreds of times over the years. When I was about 15 or 16, I was walking my uncle's dog. His name was Zeus, and he was an American bulldog and loved me and all his family, obviously. So one night, I'm taking him to Little Dog Park they had on the military base we were stationed at in Germany. We were walking on this path through like a courtyard of these four buildings. As I was looking ahead, I thought I saw somebody under the street light, but I didn't pay it any attention. I was like maybe 100 or so feet away, I'm not sure. As we got closer, Zeus slowed down, and what I thought I saw before at this point looked like it was seven feet tall, but could have also been taken as like a shadow. It was weird. I started walking to it. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't tripping or going crazy seeing things. At this point, I'm like pulling Zeus to walk with me and see what's going on. The closer we got, the shadow thing started taking form. By the time we were like 30 to 25 feet, I saw like a 10 feet hooded figure, and you couldn't see a face or anything in the hood. It was like a void. Zeus started barking, which he never does, and I was like frozen for a second and dropped the leash, and he took off running. I snapped out of it and took off running too, and nothing happened to us. About eight years later, I saw it again while out in Atlanta one night. The night that changed everything for me began like any other night. I was visiting my grandparents and sleeping in my grandmother's bed, as I always did. However, something strange and frightening happened that I couldn't explain. I woke up in the middle of the night, feeling a strange tickling sensation on the back of my neck. I tried to swat away whatever was bothering me, but the feeling persisted. That's when I turned around and saw it a pale human hand with long, sharp, black nails. 
It was attached to a figure wearing a monk's robe, and everything beyond the hand was just an unnatural blackness. As I watched, the hand reached out and touched me, and a voice whispered in a calm but dark tone, Follow me. Where we will go, it is beautiful. Despite feeling scared, I somehow remained calm and replied, No, I don't want to. But the figure was persistent, and it responded with a more forceful voice, Believe me, you want to come with me. That's when I screamed and turned to my grandmother, who was dazed and claimed that I was dreaming. But the encounters didn't stop there. On another occasion, I was in bed, and my mom had just left the room with the lights still on. When I turned back to the door, I saw a figure made of pure blackness with bright green glowing eyes. I called out to my grandmother, but there was no answer. I turned away and back, but the figure was still there. And then, suddenly, it was gone. It wasn't until twelve years later that I would hear a similar story from my stepfather. He told me that he had been up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom when a shadowy figure with glowing green eyes had touched him. He even had a red handprint on his shoulder as proof. He had no knowledge of my experiences, which made it all the more eerie. To this day, I still don't know what I encountered or why. But I do know that those experiences left an indelible mark on me, and I will never forget them. This happened when I was younger, probably around eight, after I had experienced what I know now as a near-death experience. I was with my grandmother, who was still very healthy for a 76-year-old woman. We went trekking across our rural property with a picnic basket in tow, just looking to sit down with our dog and have a nice time. Normal grandparent stuff. We ended up crossing the creek. It was dry at the time to go to the back pasture. Nearby, probably 50 yards away, was our cedar tree. We sat down and started eating when our dog started acting crazy. This dog, bless her soul, was an angel. Did not act like a dog most of the time. She never barked, never jumped, and always acted politely. She went nuts, running in circles around us, growling and barking. My grandmother got concerned, so she put our picnic stuff back in the basket and tried to calm her down. I was sitting a few feet away, scared because my dog was growling. I will admit my memory gets fuzzy around here, but I remember seeing a large gray creature step out of the creek tree line we had previously walked through. My grandma scooped me up and booked it out of there, our dog running with us. I am 90% sure she ran to the cedar tree. She always talks about it being her favorite tree and about how protective it is. The tree was a lot closer than her house, which was roughly a half mile away at this point. I just know our dog calmed down and I was happier. No, I don't live in the southwest. I live in the south centralast in Arkansas, close to Louisiana. So I have no idea what it could be. I was driving out in the country in a back road town of Willis, Michigan. Then something quite startling ran in front of my car. It literally was running so fast, not only was it a two-footed seven-nine-foot blur, it was weird how its legs literally went from the foot back to a joint, like an ankle, then forwards like a joint like our knee. 
Then it went back to the hip. It made it go so fast, almost literally went in front of my back road, cruising 25-35 miles per hour. I watched, but as fast as it was, I made its full body out. Its head had pointy-like upward ears like a Doberman pincher, almost. Then its body was like a person, except the shoulders were strong like a very built man. Its head had remained to point straight ahead like our heads do. But its body was longer because of how tall it was. It has been running like a blurry werewolf. And since it was a full moon, I thought werewolf. But it was running so fast because it had a different shape than the people. I wish I could draw. I will never forget what it looked like. It went in front of my car running into a small back road cemetery. It had to have been a werewolf. I'm not sure what it really was, but as soon as I saw it my first instinct was to pray and go to the nearest church as fast as possible, so I did. While saying the Lord's Prayer I trembled and my body was in fear of the unknown. I stayed at a church and slept in the parking lot the entire night. I thought that would be crazy if werewolves had been truly really actually physically real. But I went back later to find out the cemetery was called the Child's Cemetery, and the name was from the child's family. Most of the tombs had been children of the Masonic Templars, for the symbols all had distinct characteristic traits, and the actual percentage of the graves had actually been from children. All had died between 1927-1932. I don't know what it was from. Smallpox, maybe. But that was the first, but not the last time. I was with this girl crazy. I thought she was for talking to herself. But we saw two of them running in a field a week later. I thought of shapeshifters and things of nature. I don't know what made it come to mind. But whatever the case, it was scary. One of the scariest things that has ever happened to me occurred while I had to take a bunch of kids from the local church group camping. I was only around 18 at the time and one of the youth leaders of the group, mainly because it was going to look good on my college manuscript. There was around 10 little kids, me and another youth leader, we'll call her Tammy, and then two adults, Mr. and Mrs. Love, that really was their name. They ran the Sunday school and this was an overnight treat for the kids who were all pretty young. I want to say around 8 to 11. We did all the usual camp stuff until it got to the evening. While roasting S. Moores, one of the kids asked for a ghost story, but Mr. Love said he wasn't going to scare them. I guess the Bible is scary enough, but to make up for no spooky stuff, he would allow a quick game of manhunt in the dark as long as they all stuck to in and around the tents and the first row of trees. If he blew the whistle, they all came straight back, and whether they'd been found or not. Mr. Tum and Mrs. Wolslove and two of the kids would be seekers, and Tammy and I would hide along with the rest of the kids. I figured since I wasn't ten, I could bend the rules ever so slightly. I ran back a bit further into the trees. I planned to sneak out when I thought I was close to being the last to be found, feeling pretty smug as it was really dark back here and there was no way I'd be found until I spring out. It was super quiet as all the kids were desperately trying not to give away their hiding spot. It became really obvious when I heard this sort of banging noise behind me as it amplified all throughout the trees. 
I just remember thinking I'm going to be given away by a raccoon or something or a possum. There was some wrestling, and then all of a sudden I was blinded as the thing making the noise flipped on a light. I don't think I've ever been so terrified or screamed so loud in my life. There was a guy who stood behind me, only I couldn't see his face properly, like he had a stocking over it, kind of like how you see in the movies about bank robbers. As soon as I screamed and saw him, he ran. I just stood there screaming until Mr. Love suddenly appeared from the other side and grabbed hold of me, asking what had happened. Was I hurt? He took me back to camp at that point as I could just speak. I was so scared. When we got there, and this had all taken just a few moments, everybody was back. I told them what I'd seen and all the kids began crying. The adults knew me well enough to know there was no way I would make something like this up. So Mrs. Love called the cops on her cell phone, while Mr. Love got everybody to huddle together and put all of her flashlights on. The police showed up and checked out the area. Of course, it was super hard to see anything in the dark, but they checked pretty thoroughly, and I even showed them the exact spot that I had seen the mysterious man. There was no trace of him or anybody else, and they ended up helping to drive all the kids home, as really nobody wanted to spend the night. The next morning, they went back again just to check for any evidence in the daylight. Now they were able to see a ton of weird carvings that had been very recently cut into the trees and several bullets and other sharp objects found on the floor near to where I had apparently been standing. Had I possibly disturbed a would-be mass killer? As a Navajo officer, I once encountered a white skeletal creature on the Navajo Indian Reservation in Arizona. Two others and I came across this thing one night while patrolling the desert near Shiprock. Initially, I thought it was a bear or some other kind of animal. It looked like something with high cheekbones and deep sudden eyes and had shorter arms with short front legs. I didn't realize it wasn't an animal until I got out of my patrol car to investigate. I noticed and heard the footfalls echoing off to either side and saw that there were no tracks. The creature was nearly seven feet tall. The other two witnesses who requested anonymity also said the animal was hairless and had carroty red eyes. I remember thinking it was the ugliest thing I've ever seen, and I felt a sensation akin to pins and needles when I looked at it. The creature disappeared before reaching a telephone booth. I contacted Navajo Tribal Police Chief Samuel Pete about my experience after reading newspaper accounts of sightings in northeastern Arizona, right near the Navajo Mountain. This is where others have reported seeing a giant man with white skin that leaves no tracks or scent behind. The report also included a local scientist's theory that the animal was potentially a genetic aberration resulting from nuclear experiments in nearby Area 51, or quite possibly a descendant of a species of bear known to have been in the area thousands of years ago. A few days before my alleged encounter, two other Navajo officers had reported seeing a huge hairless dog that stood up about five feet tall in the same vicinity. On July 4th, a man named Leland Joe saw an unidentified five-foot-tall being with white skin and glowing green eyes running across a field, again leaving no tracks.
Also, a retired military man said he saw another creature one night. His car suddenly stopped mid-drive for no apparent reason, suffering from electronic issues. He turned off the ignition, turned on the lights, and found that he was surrounded by several of these beings. These beings reportedly had glowing green eyes and fang-like teeth. They surrounded his car, and when he screamed, they appeared to just disintegrate into the air. As soon as they did, his entire car started up again, and he was able to successfully drive away. We're not exactly sure what we're dealing with, but there is definitely something supernatural lingering in the state of Arizona. My friend Ryan and I had been planning a weekend getaway for quite some time. Both of us were outdoor enthusiasts, and we decided to explore the beautiful Surprise Lake, located southeast of Estacada, Oregon. Late last July, we finally had the chance to embark on this adventure. Ryan brought along his girlfriend, making it an exciting trio for the trip. Upon arriving at Surprise Lake, we were captivated by the serene beauty that surrounded us. The calm water, the lush greenery, and the melodic sounds of nature were a welcome escape from the hustle and bustle of city life. We decided to set up camp on the far side of the lake, away from any other visitors who might be in the area. As we explored the area, we came across a large V formation between two trees. To our surprise, we discovered long, soft brown and copper hairs, along with some white hairs, tangled in the branches. Intrigued by this unusual finding, we speculated that something big must have passed between the trees, leaving the hairs behind. We continued our exploration, still discussing the mysterious hairs and what creature could have left them. The sun began to set, casting a warm glow over the lake and surrounding woods. As the darkness crept in, we suddenly heard a loud crashing sound coming from the nearby forest. Startled by the noise, we froze in our tracks, our hearts pounding in our chests. The crashing grew louder, as if something large was moving through the woods in our direction. Fear quickly took over, and we realized that it was time to leave. Without hesitation, we grabbed our belongings and hastily retreated to the safety of our campsite. We spent the night huddled together, our minds racing with thoughts of what could have been lurking in the forest. The mysterious hairs and the unexplained crashing sound left us with an eerie sense of unease that lingered throughout the night. Though we never discovered the source of the hairs or the sounds that spooked us, our trip to Surprise Lake became a story we'd recount for years to come. The experience taught us that, even in the most serene of places, the unknown can still surprise and frighten even the most adventurous souls. It was a Friday night, and the party was in full swing. The music was loud, the drinks were flowing, and everyone was having a great time. I, too, was enjoying the lively atmosphere when I noticed her a beautiful girl with a smile that could light up the room. We exchanged glances, and before I knew it, we were chatting, laughing, and dancing together. As the night wore on, our connection grew stronger, and eventually, we decided to leave the party together. I remember my friend watching us as we left, a knowing smile on his face. 
We spent the night wrapped in each other's arms, sharing secrets and exploring our desires. It was a night I would never forget. The following morning, I awoke to find her gone. I figured she must have left early, and I was determined to find her again. I spent the next few months asking family, friends, and even total strangers about her, but nobody seemed to know who she was. The memory of our night together was so vivid, I couldn't fathom the idea that it was all just a figment of my imagination. Confused and desperate for answers, I decided to confront my friend, the one who had seen us leave the party together. I was sure he would have some information about her, but when I brought it up, he gave me a puzzled look. Man, you left the party alone that night, he insisted. I don't know what you're talking about. His words sent a shiver down my spine, and my mind raced to make sense of it all. Could I have been drugged or hallucinating? Was it all just a vivid dream? I couldn't accept any of these explanations. My memories of her were too real, too intense. As the years passed, I continued to search for her, but she remained an enigma. My one-night stand with a girl who didn't exist became a legend among my friends and family, a mystery that I would never solve. I often wonder if she was a figment of my imagination or perhaps a beautiful ghost who graced me with her presence for just one night. One thing is for sure, I will never forget her. The girl who didn't exist left an indelible mark on my heart, a reminder of the fleeting nature of love and the enigma of human connection. And even though I may never find her again, I'll always cherish the memories of our night together as they remain some of the most vivid and captivating moments of my life.